Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I am so happy to be here with you. We get together twice a week to chew on God's word, what he's doing in the church, ways we're being challenged, ways we're participating in our own lives, and as a means of encouraging, edifying, equipping you, challenging you in your own personal walk with Christ. And this week we have Jamie Harms with us. Welcome, Jamie. Hi, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell I'm going to get the energy from you today. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to conjure up as much energy right now for you as I can. <laughs> You've been living off a of coffee? I, I don't drink coffee often, but when I do, it works. Yeah. I did have coffee this morning. Yep. Yeah, mm. you hit those days. You hit those days. I have to do it. <laughs> My day is every day. <laughs> um. Well, Jamie, we have had uh, kind of a busy last couple of weeks. We have. Summer is rounding out. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer in the city, I think, is officially done. If not, it's pretty close. Yeah, pretty close. Because kids go back to school next week, so we are done with summer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we've got all the exciting stuff in the fall. But in between that twilight, mm-hmm. the golden hour, we had a wonderful event that we run every year. And you got to be on site for the whole thing. So yes. tell us what that was and... Give us a light of land. Indeed. Well, I, I kind of see agape as the end of summer because as soon as agape is done, then we're getting ready for um, for school to start. And yeah. so I did get to participate in agape. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to be one of the cabin leader coordinators. So Susie Watkins and I take care of the women cabin leaders so that they can really invest in the lives of the kids who are there. Yeah. Um, and so we get to do all kinds of fun things like find the missing sweatshirt and deal with the, the behavior issue and um, help kids get to sleep when they want to be at home and, you know, all of those fun things. So, um, but it's, it's such an amazing weekend to see uh, just the, the beauty and the growth that we've seen over the years, Mm -hmm. but with both the campers and with the whole body of Christ who's out there serving. Yeah, And so um, I feel, feel fortunate that I get to be a part of it every year. Yeah. And and it's, it's pretty encouraging to see the model you guys have Mm -hmm. specifically with the role that you and Susie played, because, you know, being there to serve the leaders Mm -hmm. really does free them up, takes a lot off their mind. They know they've got backup. They've got somebody to, to, to come to their aid when they need it. So I'm sure that's really a blessing for Mm them. Well, one of the things I really love about the whole leadership and those who are serving structure is that um, it really shows the beauty of the body of Christ because mm-hmm. you have a police officer serving next to a former inmate, next to a lawyer, next to um, a, a child who's serving with their family, next to a college student. Like you just see this huge diversity of people who probably would never spend time together outside of Agape working alongside each other, celebrating the fact that we get to talk about the gospel and plant these seeds of truth and hope in the lives of these kids who come from awful situations. Yeah. Yeah. That is a really wonderful display. You know, as you're describing it, it probably seems very obvious, but I'm, you know, I'm thinking of the church and how, Mm -hmm. how that is the space that we get together on a regular basis. But at Agape, it seems like, I don't want to be controversial here, (laughs) but it just seems like you're all on mission. Yes. Everyone is there for, for a singular mindset, you know, mm-hmm. whereas church, you know, you can, you get a, a mix of believers and non-believers and you probably have that at Agape too. Mm-hmm. And you've got, um, 
you know, people who are straggling in, you know, 15 minutes late and they don't really want to visit you. But agape, like you're there for one reason mm-hmm. and it's, it's to represent and preach Christ to kids who are hurting. Yes. And all of these kids, for those who aren't familiar with agape, have been affected in some way by incarceration, usually mm-hmm. a parent. Um, and hearing a lot of their stories, you see that they have seen and experienced things that no human, especially child, should. Yeah. And so you see this just this brokenness and this survival mm-hmm. that these kids come with, and yet they, you also see the fruit of the gospel, especially since you do this year after year after year. Yeah. And so it's it's there's a beauty there when you're working with a child who is just totally melting down and kind of kicked into survival instincts even though they're in a safe place and they're, they're in a good place but they don't know how else to react. Welcome to trauma. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um and so it might be the three, third or fourth year where they've heard the gospel where it might start to sink in and then mm-hmm. they come to to uh to camp the following year and they're a totally different person. Yeah. And so you 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 see this in these kids over and over and over that even though they're going home, back home to tough situations, that God is going with them and that he is still in work in their hearts. And one of the things that I, I love that they do at Agape in, in during the rotations time, so while they're doing bumper boats and, and go-karts and all of those fun things, one of the rotations we call story time. Mm. And uh, for each of the the girls' cabin for the guys' cabins, we have somebody who um, gives their story. Oh, who's cool. been in their shoes. Mm. And so like this year, we had one of our cabin leaders who came and she was talking about how she had heard about Jesus through Psalms 23 in a vacation Bible school camp when she was 12. And her parents wouldn't let her go back to church and she never had an opportunity to explore it till she was 18. Wow. And then when she went to school, to college, she said, that's one of the first things I remembered. And I started going to church Hmm. and she talked, I mean, her whole story was amazing and incredible. And the, the kids then can ask questions. Well, is is your, your, your brother still in jail? Like, what did you do when this happened in your home? Mm -hmm. And instead of it just being something that they're hearing, there's an interaction piece. We're like, Oh, I am not alone. This, and you were treated that way. Mm -hmm. Well, how, how did you respond when you were treated that way? Uh, can you love Jesus and can you love the person who's hurt you? What does forgiveness look like? They ask fantastic questions. And so while they're having so much fun in a safe place where they just get to be kids, they also get to hear and realize that they're not alone, that there are others who are like them, that Jesus is with them, mm-hmm. and he's the one who's going to help them be their hope and go forward. Yeah. And yeah. It was awesome to see. <laughs> yeah, that's that's incredible. And it is something that is... Uh, easy to be foreign to mm-hmm. to some people who haven't gone through those things. It, mm-hmm. It's hard to conceptualize. You know, a lot of people have they've had family members affected by drugs or addiction or mm-hmm. crime, incarceration. Um, but for a child, it's such a a profound formative experience mm-hmm. that to see somebody who has made it, yes, in spite of that, uh, is an incredible amount of hope that they're probably not even familiar with. <laughs> no, and often we hear a lot of, well, at school, they'll often say, well, you're just going to be like your dad. Yeah. You're just going to go, you're going to be in jail. Now. And it's amazing that people, when that's the reaction to when they hear their stories, but when they get here, like, oh, wait, you're not just telling me I'm going to end up like that too. There's a different yeah. hope. There's a different healer. My creator has created me differently. And mm-hmm. that I don't have to be that way. Yeah. And so you see that in the story times and you see that in the lives of the kids who are coming back year after year. 
And it's our hope and prayer that 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 takes root, deep root, the gospel takes root, and you see that they have hope. And the storyteller this year, I loved how she said, well, my mom and dad put their hope in the fact that they had a family. That's not where we place our hope. My parents had, like, they put their hope in their drugs and their partying. That's not where they have hope. Mm-hmm. And so just that theme all the way through, but I have this, and I, I'm here today because Jesus has redeemed my situation, yeah. and he is my hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is incredible how that narrative really runs amok in mm-hmm. in people's lives. I mean, I heard that from numerous sources, government officials. Um, you know, I heard it even in my own family, just statistically, mm-hmm. and that really attaches itself to your identity. Mm-hmm. And when you hear that there is one who has made you, who who he applies your identity, mm-hmm. he he applies your value. It's external. It's not something you have to um, you have to. Uh, stress, manufacture, any of these things, your value and your your identity has been placed on you by not just someone outside of you, because the world does that, mm-hmm. you know, plenty good, but by so many superiors, so many beyond those things. Who made you. Yeah, who made who you. Who made you and who loved you and and acknowledging the fact that the world around us is broken, but yet he is still our hope. And so it's a, a reminder for me in a very tangible way at Agape that Christ is our hope, because then I look at women in our church and women around me and myself, and there is brokenness in our own lives yep. and we are affected by sin as well. And we need that redemption from Christ and to cling to the hope that we have in him. Yeah. And so uh, I, that's one of the encouragement things that I take away from Agape this year, because it's so obvious mm-hmm. uh, where it might be a little more muddled in everyday life around here, but we all need to cling to the hope that we have in Jesus. Yep. And and I'd be curious if you ran into any of this while you were there, you know, rubbing shoulders with other volunteers. Mm-hmm. But one of the m- most profound things that I encountered um, in my own life was realizing from a very early age, by the, by the grace of God, that my pain had a purpose. Mm-hmm. It was not senseless. Mm-hmm. Um, and even probably as early as middle school, I can remember thinking, I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything about this because this is this is something God can use to make me a a person that they, another person who's hurting can trust, mm-hmm. can engage with, and can see it it can be done. There mm-hmm. is a way. Yep. It's the idea of redemption. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of redemption. I've ha- I don't remember where I heard it, but somebody used the description that God didn't throw it away. He mm-hmm. turned it into something new. Yeah. And he does that with our hurt and with our pain and with our suffering. And um, I, I often think of the Japanese art form kintsugi art. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with that? Yeah. And just the fact that it takes like a broken piece of pottery and it puts it together with gold. Yeah. And it increases in value because of their bro- its brokenness. Isn't that wild? And it's just like, Lord, that's what you're doing with us. Yeah. <laughs> we are broken and you're putting us back together and you are giving us not only value, but mm. more value because we're yours. And those those cracks that are full of gold are display our brokenness mm-hmm. and the fact that we have been redeemed. Yeah. Where sometimes we want to hide it or hold on to it. And, um, and yet God says, nope, I'm going to take that. I'm going to redeem you. Mm-hmm. And your hope is in me. Yeah. His blood, mm-hmm. his spirit, fill those cracks in our hearts. Fills us up. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful illustration. I really enjoy that a lot. So mm-hmm. what was your personal takeaway from this? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could be the witnessing the body at work, mm-hmm. but but as you reflect on it now, how how does that reveal or change or transform or um, uh, encourage you as you mm-hmm. as you look forward to the fall and those kinds of things? Mm-hmm. I think 
because it's so stark mm. at agape with black and white and there is a beauty of the body of Christ that sometimes we feel friction with others who are in our church mm-hmm. or uh, which is totally natural because we're humans and this yep. is only four days so it's it's, a, it's yeah. a pause in the middle um there's still a lot of hard work that we get to do it's just like no there is there is beauty in the body of Christ even though we're different or we do things different ways mm-hmm. and there is hope that we have in Jesus um, I know for, for me, especially in those first couple of years that I helped in Agape and with our leaders, there were so many tears and it was so hard to let these kids go back to hard situations. Oh man! But the yeah. fact that we know and we've seen over the years, God has gone with them. The truth of the gospel is still with them. He is still bearing fruit. It allows us to tr- act on the fact that we can trust God. Mm-hmm. If God is trustworthy, I can trust him with these kids and I can release them to him. And so our actions can reflect the fact that we trust in a trustworthy God. So for, for me, my takeaway is often that piece. I see the character of God in a fresh new way, mm-hmm. and that can help determine my actions going forward. Yeah. I really appreciate that you said that because I have, I've visited Agape mm-hmm. twice now in the last couple of years. And, um, you know, as I think about it, because in my own reflections, I go, Chris, why are you not a part of Agape? And there's been you know, several legitimate reasons Mm -hmm. um, why I haven't been able to commit that time yet. But one of the things that does rattle around around in my head is how could I send them back? You know, Mm -hmm. how can I stomach it? And, um, and your response is perfect. They weren't ours for that week. They're not ours before. They're not ours after they were always in the hands of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I know Andy Papendick who helped found Mm -hmm. agape um he often encourages all he's like we're in it for the long game yeah and so you know it might be the fourth or fifth time that they come to camp where they start to understand maybe a little bit more about it but we've had to build trust along the way and Mm -hmm. and 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 so there is a long game to the gospel it's we want it to here's the gospel this is going to fix you guys here it is now you're all fixed now go but we can't (laughs) we have to instead trust that god is still at work and that he is there with them for the long game. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what a wonderful encouragement. It really mm-hmm. offers a, a freedom and a liberation from our pressures or our guilt or whatever as we step out in faithfulness and mm-hmm. whatever God has put in front of us. Exactly. Because it, we are running a marathon, not a sprint. I think mm-hmm. that's what Paul uses as mm-hmm. his analogy. And so in whatever ministry God has called us, we are playing the long game. Yeah. And how, how are we responding to others and moving them towards Jesus, even if it's uh, one step closer? Yep. And even our goal is way down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember talking with somebody and they thought the Bible was a dictionary because it had tabs. And so just the <laughs> fact that they knew we owned a Bible was like one step closer to a conversation mm-hmm. that, you know, it, we could have just told them the gospel. They had no idea what any of the context was yeah. yet. And so with Agape or with our ministries that we have throughout the school year, our goal and our heart and our mission is how do we move each person one step closer to Jesus? Right. And even if we have received the gospel, how do we continue to move one step closer to Jesus? Yep. Yeah. From yep. one one form of glory to another. Exactly. Until the Lord comes back. <laughs> <laughs> or we meet him earlier. Exactly. <laughs> Well, um, that is a, a wonderful encouragement. I know anytime I think about Agape or get to visit or mm-hmm. talk about it, it's always something that is so uh, profoundly obvious mm-hmm. <laughs> to me. You know, you think about the children and the weak and the mm-hmm. the the fatherless and, and all of these things, and you go, of course, yeah. of course, this is what the body of Christ is for. We, 
we love, we care for, we instruct, we comfort yep. the the ones who are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So yep. um, as a quick uh, plug, since we are barreling mm-hmm. next week. Into fall. <laughs> into fall. Yes, indeed. Give us a peek into the future. Peek into the future for women? Yes, for women. For women. Mm-hmm. We have lots of fun stuff coming down the pipe here for women starting the second week of September. We're going to get all the kids into school, and then we women will jump in. It's a great so idea. So starting <laughs> September 11th, we're mm-hmm. going to start up mom's gatherings again Wonderful. every Monday. My wife will be very happy exactly. about that. Exactly. <laughs> and so there's breakfast and childcare and intentional conversation and prayer um, that are all part of that as they get to walk together as moms. We have on the 14th, we're starting up Thursday Bible studies. Great. Once again, mm-hmm. and we're going to be doing um, a series we're calling Even If, and we're looking at the lives of 18 different people throughout Scripture who um, found themselves in a circumstance where even if X happened, I will still follow Jesus. Yeah. And so uh, we're going to dig into that starting the 14th. We have our widows group starting up that second weekend Excellent. of September as well, and I believe the Knit Nights um, are going to kick off too. So we've got some things along those lines happening. And then we're continuing with meal trains and clothing closet pieces. And we're going to do a uh, an event with Buena Vista on September 22nd for the clothing closet. Great. Um, and so, yeah, all kinds of things coming, coming up. I love it. And they can learn about all this through... Uh, uh, a weekly email or not a weekly email? We we do the monthly. Monthly, we mm-hmm. have a newsletter, mm-hmm. and I've uh, attempted to send that out every month. But we also have hard copies at the connections table, and it's posted on the website, University Fellowship website, under the women's page. Yeah, and that has all the details for whatever's coming down that month. Great, um, and where and when, and and so definitely check that out. All right, listen, if you're a lady. Mm-hmm. You ain't got no excuses. <laughs> they got a knit night, okay? They got a knit night. I can't go to the knit night. It's just for ladies. So you better get in there and start knitting. No, it's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's no surprise to anyone. Women's ministry is popping off. You guys are doing a really wonderful job there with your team. So We have a lot of fun. Yes. And we're looking forward to having a lot of fun with the ladies this fall. Yep. It'll be good. And the routine. Yes. And the coziness. Oh, yeah. The I rain and the slippers. Tired, tired and the of sweating. Tea. I just don't want to sweat anymore. That's what it is, Jamie. That's what it is. I brought my sweater to your office today. <laughs> I, I will. Uh, I will sit on my couch mm-hmm. with my AC going and my fan going overhead, and Rachel is wrapped in a blanket, mm-hmm. and I've got a hoodie and shorts, and she's like, "Turn it all off. Take your hoodie off." And I'm like, "I don't want that. I want to be cozy, but I want to be, be cool." Cold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh, uh, thank you for giving us a, a recap and sharing your experience. It's always encouraging. And it will happen again next year if you want to jump in on all the fun. It will. And you guys do a uh, uh, Christmas thing, right? Yes. We mm-hmm. do a big Christmas dinner. It's kind of a reunion. All the cabin yeah. leaders and, well, not all of them, but as many of them can, cabin leaders and helpers and kids are all there. It's, it's a big to-do and it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And a great way to, to keep people plugged in throughout the year. Indeed. So, all right, listener, hopefully you were encouraged. And, um, you know, even if this is something that maybe makes you feel a little bit uncomfy, I always encourage people, you can do one of the most important things from anywhere, which mm-hmm. is to pray for these kids, Indeed. pray for the leaders and um, the homes that they're going back to. And as far as the women go, there's a lot of opportunities to get plugged in, yes. to grow with God's people, and uh, to gather together worship the Lord. So 
No reason to be missing out. <laughs> All right, Jamie, thank you so much for You're coming You're welcome. Along. All right, listener, we'll get you on the next episode. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. 